Hello, everyone, and welcome <laughs> to another episode of the VR Download, a weekly show broadcast live from the Upload Virtual Studios. And we have an interesting panel today because we've got some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, Ian, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, Ian Hamilton here, managing editor of UploadVR.com. I wrote the story about that we're, I guess, we're going to be talking about all day today about the Facebook account requirements. And there's a lot to talk about. I'm Jamie, and I am a placeholder Facebook account owner so that I can share <laughs> content on Upload VR's Facebook page and nothing else, pretty much. Uh, how are you? I'm uh, Shane. I'm the CEO of SideQuest. Uh, super excited about our update today, and it's been an exciting 24 hours, so I'm, I'm eager to hear what you guys think about it. Sorry, just before we move on, like Shane said, yeah, there was an update to SideQuest today, which is kind of like a big overhaul for the side-loading platform in like a, a store design way, right? Yeah, the, the theme of this update has been discovery and community. So, you know, we've got lots of new ways to uh, find content on SideQuest and to interact with that content and to uh, engage with the developers that you love. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Guy. Yeah, my name is Guy. I'm the developer of Virtual Desktop. Yeah, interesting last 24 hours, like you said, Shane. Today, we are going to talk about <laughs> something very specific. From October, anyone using Oculus for the first time which means those without an Oculus account already will need to use or sign up for a Facebook account. Existing Oculus users will be asked to merge their accounts, but can decline until 2023. So you've got about two and a half-ish years left before you are going to be required to do so, to use your Oculus account. And that is the subject of today's show. Ian, you wrote an article about this. Why don't you kick this off? One of the things, a couple of the things that we didn't quite capture in that article that are important to have as part of the conversation is Facebook is going to allow you to switch Facebook accounts at some point in this process. So you will be able to put on a quest uh, in the future and switch from one user to another. So that's kind of a bummer that people since day one have been asking for the ability to let multiple people use a headset. And now that's strictly attached to Facebook account usage. The other thing I was going to point out is something Guy kind of pointed out. Before this announcement, everyone with a current Quest was dying to hear about what Quest 2 was going to look like, what was going to be inside of it and whether it was going to be worth shelling out however many hundreds Facebook asks. But the thing Guy kind of pointed out is that if you want to make that upgrade, you're going to have to do the Facebook jump. I appreciate you bringing that up on Twitter, Guy, because uh, it was a really important thing mm -hmm. to consider. I was in the process of reading the blog post from Marcus, and then I was reading point by point, and I was like, does this mean that the new Quest will require a Facebook account? I wasn't sure. And then right there, there was a line that says, all new devices will require a Facebook account. So that means that if Oculus releases uh, Quest 2 or something in October, maybe that's also a, an idea to give us that something will release in October, yep. um, then that you will need your Facebook account at that point. And then even if you bought all those games on your Oculus account, you still won't be able to use them on the Quest 2 unless you link a Facebook account to it. What are, what are your thoughts, Shane, on 
this whole concept of having to merge the two accounts. I didn't have any advance notice uh, of this. This was actually a surprise on our end as well. And on the face of it, you can't really appreciate where the value is. You know, why would they why would they want to enforce this? You know, how's that going to help VR as a whole to kind of bring Facebook into the into the equation? But then at the same time, I guess you kind of think that, you know, there's been precursors to this and you know, they mentioned earlier in the year that certain social features, you know, you were going to need to have a Facebook account uh, to interact mm. with them. So I think at a lot at that point, you know, a lot of people uh, probably should have known that this was coming. Um, now, how severe it would be, when it would happen, all of those things were kind of still up for debate. This is pure speculation, of course. Um, but I would think that, you know, with seeing the recent uh, updates we've seen for things like Oculus Venues, uh, the new avatars releasing... You know how similar and close that looks to uh, the upcoming horizons. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would think that the the new um, account activation is possibly intended as a as a benefit to to leverage uh, horizons, which I guess it would just make sense that that would lean on some of the same social infrastructure uh, that Facebook does as well. My Facebook account is linked to my Oculus account, <laughs> and it has been for for quite a while. I, I should be upfront about that, and and I'll and I'll and I'll, I'll tell you exactly why that is. I'm incredibly lazy. I don't use my <laughs> Facebook at all, and uh, I, I didn't want to bother with the sign up form on the Oculus uh, developer website. Effectively, there's there's a big sort of fear here that if people create Facebook accounts and that they don't actively use them, that they're going to lose them. And I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think Oculus are going to be interested in cutting people off from their content libraries for an arbitrary reason like that. Like I say, I have a Facebook account and I don't really use it that much. Mm. Um, you know, I use it the minimum amount I need to for work. Uh, mm. You know, I interact with it through third-party tools like Hootsuite and that. Yeah. Uh, and that's enough for me to be able to maintain to have that account. All that being said, you know, I think as a whole... There's no major reason for them to enforce this. And I feel like them promoting it uh, would have made a lot more sense rather than uh, putting a line in the sand like they've done. You know, it's been an uncertain year for a long, for a lot of people. And Christmas and stuff is coming up. So let's hope this doesn't have too much of a negative impact. It's interesting they chose to go the blog route and say a single way to log in to uh, your Oculus devices. Because really, in my mind, I was like, that's your spin. That's the way that you're going to headline what people are immediately going to like read past straight away and see this one bullet point right here. I feel, I just thought that was a very interesting way to introduce it. Like that kind of buried it what a Jam little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think what Jamie's pointing to there a little bit is kind of the the rip the bandaid off situation here. Um, yeah, we've been talking internally and trying to wrap our brains around why now. I think that's part of what Shane is getting to. And one of the theories out there is uh, the antitrust stuff that is uh, more or less being thrown at Facebook. It's so big and powerful, but it's got these separate entities, Instagram, WhatsApp, and obviously Oculus being one of them. And if they get really, if they really push to merge all of these entities, entities together and have one single backend for all of them, they've got a pretty strong argument to say it's literally impossible for us to cut these pieces off of our giant monolithic corporation anymore, where they could have said, no, all the entities for Instagram need to go, you know, be sold off. The, the government regulators could have come in and said that before, but if it's all one big uh, Facebook family, so to speak, 
it may be harder for, you know, they may t- try to take that sort of court case all the way to the Supreme Court and tie it up for many years point. and make it impossible mm. for that to kind of be imposed upon them. I want to just for folks who are watching who may not actually understand all the hullabaloo about this. Why do we care that Facebook is requiring this? What is the problem? I mean, Facebook owns Oculus. Why can't they ask you or or demand that you link these accounts? If you haven't been on Facebook since the early days, I was in the generation of being in college when Facebook first started doing its rollout from university to universities. And you had to have the .edu uh, account in order to get on Facebook and start interacting with people. And if you don't have that 15 or so year history with Facebook, the process of seeing your mom and dad get drawn into Facebook a decade later um, and see them get bad information from Facebook and you don't have the process of seeing Facebook again and again and again update its service so that it tries to pry more information out of people and send it to more people than you expect you don't have that life experience to say uh actually facebook's treated me really poorly in in the past and i don't want them to do that over the next decade with my behavior in vr and I think that's where, where we got this kind of clash and problem where, you know, Shane is saying it, Jamie is saying it, I definitely did it. I completely deleted my Facebook account that had a decade of history that I had yep. recorded about my family, that I, I had my kids, and I put those earliest photos of them on Facebook to show my family far away and my friends and get all those likes out of them. I deleted it all to start fresh because I kind of saw the writing on the wall of this coming. And I didn't want that. that that's, that's another example here where like I literally couldn't, people started realizing Facebook was, was dragging all this information out of me over the years. And I lost control over who I could share it with and who would be able to see that information. And I didn't want to see my coworkers in 2018 see my drunk parties from college from 2009. No, I've seen them in 2018. But Facebook made it impossible <laughs> for me to kind of hide that information. And I had to go update by update and that sort of thing. And yes, they changed these tools over time. Yes, they realized this problem. But the drive for a decade or more was let's eat more people's information. Let's Let's drag it into our network and let's do whatever we need to, to grow. And you can, you get this sense of mistreatment after a while, if you've been there for that length of time. And if you've just joined Facebook in the last two years, and it's just this random website you signed up for, uh, and you don't actually put any of your personal information inside of it, that's a very different kind of relationship to Facebook to someone who's been there for a long time. Mm. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also important to point out that, uh, Facebook and Google are probably the only two big, uh, um, tech companies who actually make money off of your data. 
and from advertisement as well. Mm. Like the others, Apple, Microsoft, and all that, they sell products, they sell hardware, software, and all that. They don't really make money selling your data. So it's in Facebook's interest to gather as much information as they want. And that's how they make money, essentially. Like, I don't think they make a lot of money from the 30% they get from, you know, developers on Oculus. Most of their money comes from, um, you know, selling and uh, being able to tell advertiser, oh, this person will likely like this product or this product so that they can do better advertising in the end. Uh, Shane, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with Ian. You know, I had a younger time where Facebook was a different thing, and at a certain point, I kind of realized that it was just a procrastination machine. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't really enjoy the... the the kind of person I was when I spent any any extended time on there. So, yeah, I I I actually you know like like some people sometimes you know they they bring in new tools they make they make things stricter. Um, I've had scenarios in the past where you know they've locked down accounts of mine and demanded that I submit a passport. You know, which is a very scary prospect for for a platform like that. Um, so I, I basically at that point I sort of just sort of gave up and said. I'm just going to use it as the utility that I need because it's almost a household product right now, <laughs> and not give it any more you know information than that when I don't have to. Of course, you know Facebook is everywhere and it tracks you on every site that uses anything Facebook related. Um, so there's still a certain amount that they're building up on people, whether they're signed up on Facebook or not. But I, I, I mean, I agree. I agree with your point. Facebook's an advertising business. It was only a matter of time before they were going to figure out how to to make additional revenues, you know, um, VR uh, and potentially in-game ad systems. You know, we've seen some traction recently. AdMux, uh, they were able to raise a certain amount uh, earlier in the year, uh, seven million, I believe, if I'm remembering that. Yeah, correctly. something like that. <laughs> so. You know, clearly there's an interest to start doing that. I don't know how that's going to work, uh, but it sounds to me like Facebook made it pretty clear several months ago that they were going to be able to use the data that they collect from you uh, for advertising purposes. And, you know, uh, from somebody who's who's uh, worked with people in the market research industry, the wealth of data that you get from these devices is invaluable compared to that which you have in, you know, traditional uh, web-based advertising like impressions and, and click-throughs and, and whatever else. Uh, so, so being able to monitor where people look, what they do, how they react, being able to record that data—you know—that's that's that's, that's uh, the whole new frontier, really. I think in terms of being able to advertise to mm. certain types of people. You know, so uh, there are a few uh -huh. things being mentioned in the chat. I just want to bring them up because there's been several mentions of the idea of using a. Uh, uh, here I can do air quotes, a, a fake account, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with that all you do is use it for your Oculus stuff. You don't share any of your other stuff. So to, to Ian's point, all of the uh, old stuff from, you know, your party days back in college or whatever aren't part of this account. It is a separate independent account. Now, Facebook has done some things to... Uh, remove some of these uh, fakes or duplicate accounts. I remember, you know, 10 plus years ago, uh, making one for inanimate objects or a, a household pet. Those <laughs> don't exist anymore. They've been deleted. But uh, it, is there a way to do that? I mean, no, can we get clear, away with that now? Uh, well, all right. So there's, there's several things there. 
what I was referring to with the fake accounts is mentioned in their most recent quarterly or annual report. So if you go to the stock exchange website uh, or the Security Exchange Commission's website, um, you can pull up their reports and you, you file through it and they list in their thing all the risks uh, of what could happen to Facebook. And one of the risks is people stop signing up for accounts. Uh, you know, there's a very long list of things uh, listed there that could pose a problem to Facebook. One of the things listed is there's a certain number of fake and duplicate accounts that we estimate are still on our network. And it is still something like 11% are their own estimates for how many are still in existence today in all of their numbers that they report. So yes, they are constantly trying to root out uh, a lot of that stuff. I think the, the underlying issue here that you're getting to um, is that this is an encouragement to set up a fake account as much as you possibly mm. can. This policy is actually encouraging yeah. a fair amount of disingenuous behavior that, that could force people underground, so to speak. And I think it actually raises the raises the bar for people sort of it's an escalation thing where like you're actually forcing people to be uh in some cases you know go to extra lengths to set up some of these fake things um the other thing is facebook does have requirement for like using you get locked out of your account in some cases you're supposed to submit a photo id your your government issued right. photo id in order to get back on or reclaim your identity. And um, that's where things get kind of very scary and very complicated because I think at the end of the day, uh, going back to your original question, Kyle, Facebook is so big and it uses such language that it behaves like it's our government. It behaves like it cares about who you are, how you're like, it, it, it gives you rules and tells you you have to abide by them in order to get on their platform. Um, and uses languages, language that seems to like pretend that it's there to protect you. And that's kind of the under, like that's part of their explanation for why they're doing this policy is they can protect you uh, better with this real idea ID policy is more or less their underlying argument. But there's, um, there's something missing there that people need to be responsible for protecting themselves. And if you're giving Facebook sort of leeway to protect you, are you not learning what you need to do to protect yourself? Um, is one of those like issues I think that's at play there. Like, um, but the, the the thing I want to uh, get across is with two billion or three billion people on Facebook, that's larger than any one nation on Earth. I can't remember how many people are in China. Is it one billion, one point five, or something like that? Um, mm -hmm. It is larger. That it's the largest country on Earth if you want to look at it by population alone. And the problem is that nobody really does have a vote on that platform. You are playing by someone else's rules. 
that are set by other rules, and they use words like community to describe what you do on their platform, but it's not the same as a real-world community. It doesn't apply by the same rules, and all you do is get ejected from that community if you cross a line, and they are the, for, for lack of a better way of saying it, the moderator of free speech. In, in a very real sense, uh, they get to choose what is allowed to be said and what rules get set by their platform. And any sense of community that we talk about on Facebook is, a, is kind of like a false, it's a fake term. It's not your, everything Facebook says about community and rule setting and taking feedback, it's all very much a sense of lip service to these people who don't have shares, who don't actually pay for anything, and at the end of the day, don't have a vote. Um, so, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna steer this conversation just a little bit. Uh, there are n- very few people in my life, so it is an exception, not the rule. When there, when somebody does not have a Facebook account, now I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying or claiming that everybody has one, but I'm I'm claiming that most people in my life have one, and most people don't have a VR headset. Now, some do, but not most. The folks that have the VR headset and have a Facebook account, what is the disadvantage to linking those two things? What new challenges does this uh, create where we should be concerned about having these two accounts linked. And I don't mm. know, Jamie, let's start with you because Jamie, you you have a Facebook account and an Oculus account, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you use are, are they linked? <laughs> I genuinely can tell you. I can't remember if I ever did that. I don't. I don't think they're linked. Um, and like I said at the, in the start of the podcast, I don't, uh, as Ian alluded to, yeah, a couple of years ago, I, I completely deleted my uh, Facebook. In fact, I didn't get it back until I got the job at Upload and literally needed an account to share Upload stuff. Um, the, that's such a far-reaching question that I wouldn't, I'm not, I don't necessarily know where I'd even begin with it in, in many senses. What what would I worry about my VR headset knowing about my, my Facebook information and my Facebook timeline? I guess that that calls into question what happens when you first jump into Horizon, maybe? Like what immediate information are you going to be shown there? What immediate adverts are you going to be shown there? Are you going to be encouraged to go and seek out Facebook friends that maybe you don't actually want to go and seek out? Are you maybe going to be encouraged to bring people into the Horizon network that actually aren't linked in VR in any way yet? Maybe, you know, maybe Facebook thinks it can coax people into buying more headsets that way. It's, it's a really uh, wide reaching problem, I want to say. Well, um, let, me, let me add a few more pieces here to it. So uh, another thing that we have to consider is the fact that if you have an Oculus account, mm-hmm. that account is already owned by Facebook. It might not be mm-hmm. a Facebook account, but it is owned by Facebook, which means 
having an Oculus account already gives Facebook ownership of that account. Now, if you have that account and you have a standard Facebook account, uh, the logic of merging those two, oh, can't get too close, merging those two, just, I mean, it makes sense. It's two accounts basically of the same uh, structure, the same company, two different accounts. Why not merge them? I'm trying to find the a, a valid reason why, if I already have both of them, I get it that there are some people who just don't want to have Facebook accounts. That's that's one thing. But if you have an Oculus account, Facebook already knows who you are. But folks who have them both already, what is the what is the problem with having those two merge? I'd be curious to hear from the developers, uh, either one of you. What are your thoughts on why people would be concerned if you already have both of the accounts? I think it's a question of identity. Uh, lots of gamers have might have a Facebook account, but they also have like their uh, gamer identity, right? Which is a, totally anonymous. So I think people want to keep that distinction where they might have uh, social media, they might have their friends and family there, but when they go play games, they want to remain anonymous and separate the two completely. So if those accounts are merged, then you're kind of forced to have your real identity while you play games, and a lot of people, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think. I think I've seen the same. I think the two most common uh, concerns I've seen raised over the last twenty-four hours is that people will have to link their real name to things. You know, that's that's what the policy says on Facebook, and that's what's mm -hmm. going to happen, and that there's a potential for them then to to lose access to that later you know through whatever reason if, if the account yeah. is removed by facebook so yeah that, that's what i think and, and i'm not even sure if those are things right. uh, that somebody who already has it linked you know i'm not even sure they would be too concerned about that obviously they've come to terms with having their real name associated with it and yeah they you know operate their account to some kind of minimum requirement level so they, they you know they're okay with it not being removed um so yeah i I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm really not too sure. Yeah. I have a feeling that a couple of days might pass and the rabble, rabble, rabble noise will, will possibly calm mm. down. Oh, definitely. People, people will just get excited about the new the new headset announcements and stuff definitely. like that coming out again. Yeah, for sure. And that's that goes back to ripping off the Band-Aid like Ian said. And that's, I mean, that goes back to the kind of whole heart of this subject of people getting angry uh, to me, it's it's like, okay, I can understand, I guess, why you're angry, but also sort of why now? Because as Kyle was saying, you know, these these accounts are very similar in some ways. And this was, um, Shane, earlier you said that, that something happened a couple of months ago was a, a precursor to this. You know, I, I have to argue that the ultimate precursor to this was obviously Facebook buying Oculus back in 2014. And this in my opinion, being something of an, an inevitability um, yeah, all the way back then, right? And so, and so to some people saying, I'm selling my Quest, I'm getting rid of my Oculus hardware, okay, fair enough, and I completely understand why if you don't like Facebook. But also, you already gave Facebook $400 for that headset. Is one thing I keep thinking about. And then you've been getting a share of the developer revenue, or you've been giving them money through... Uh, the revenue share on on the store as well, which is another big thing that I know um, Ian wants to talk about. So, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't yeah. know if we're going to go through the list there. We're just going to go from topic to topic. But um, 
you know, I, I want to go back to something here that that's kind of tricky to, to express. Um, I understand Facebook's efforts to protect people from abusive behavior. At the end of the day, what we are talking about, the, the efforts by Facebook to require a real identity and to, uh, yeah, to, to, to make its community safer by backing it with a real-world identity. Makes but you sense. can still do that with an anonymous user name or something. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I guess my point okay. is, like, like the, it's, I understand it in theory, but in practice, what we are faced with is a reality where the people in the community don't have a vote in the rules and laws set for that mm-hmm. community. It's all set by a third party outside of their control. And while Facebook can say that they are acting in everyone's best interests, there are fringe groups in every corner. It's not just fringe groups. There's giant, giant groups of people that rub up against those rules, that, that, that go outside those rules. And I, I always remember this. I brought this up uh, several times in this podcast. Um at one of the Oculus Connect events, a transgender person got up and asked the person who was running or working on Facebook avatar tech at the time or Facebook spaces, will I be allowed to change my voice in Facebook spaces to better represent how my voice, how I'd like my voice to sound with my uh, gender? Mm. And the response at the time was, that's a good question. That was more or less the, the entirety of the response, was that's a, a wonderful question. And I don't know if Facebook has moved the needle any in any significant way to make VR any more accepting of all the ways in which a person wants to express themselves or represent themselves, um, despite the backing of a real, a real uh, identity, a real name from outside uh, VR, outside the internet. Um, again, I just I cannot stress this enough. All the words Facebook uses, the word community, is not a real community. At the end of the day, even if they back it by real identity, it's not a democracy, I'll at least put it that way. You are not able to actually vote for the rules that Facebook sets upon you. And it's, I think that at the end of the day becomes the thing that really is unsettling with people. They're losing control of what they are allowed to share. They're losing control of their data and everything gets twisted. And there's, there's constantly this sense of doublespeak coming from this organization that makes everything seem okay. All the language runs through these filters of, of PR people, of legal, to make it sound like everything is actually fine. But if you read it really closely, it doesn't actually give you any power or any control over who keeps your information and for how long and for what conditions. Okay. All right. This this image here is a perfect example of what we have coming up this is facebook horizon this is uh 
what we're going to end venues, up with. Right? Well, it, oh, it's a screenshot from the new version of venues, yeah, which we yeah, assume yeah. assume it might be uh, Horizon's avatars, maybe. Correct. So what we what we have here is a perfect example of how accounts provide accountability. So when you look at the social aspect of VR right now, you can go into VR chat, you can go into big screen, you can go anywhere you want and be whoever you want and act however you want. There is no way to be held accountable because if you get slammed or banned or removed or disconnected, you can just come back in as somebody else. I mean, you can watch that happen over and over again. Facebook wants this to be for, for people to be held accountable in this type of environment and by linking a real account your real actions have real consequences to your real account and your real persona and i think that that mm -hmm. is a legitimate strategy that's just extremely uncomfortable for a lot of people or for some people mm -hmm. i don't know well, I mean, they could do it in a much different way that you could stay anonymous. Like a lot of uh, uh, MMOs or things have the same same system where if you, you know, you insult someone, you say someone, they're going to ban your account, they're going to give you it. And if you want to uh, to create a new account, well, then you have to go through a whole lot of process, which is quite complicated. So I think that would be a better approach to keep it anonymous, where you can be whoever you want. It's a virtual reality after all and not tie it to your real idea. I think that's just uh, like an excuse in my opinion. I don't think there's any validity to, to keeping it safe or whatever because you know some people are going to be jerks no well, matter what and they will get banned and you know. Well I, I at the last Oculus Connect I did go around sort of asking some of those people who are, are big in various online communities in VR and uh like the the beginning of this process of merging Facebook and Oculus IDs in VR chat, for example, if you ban a person from VR chat, that person could be back 30 seconds later, unless it's attached to your real ID, unless you have this gatekeeping mechanism to keep them from just returning with a different user ID 30 seconds later. Um, right. That's easy. That's an easy system to implement for developers just to keep track of not necessarily know who you are, but know if you're the same person who just got kicked like a few minutes ago. Mm. You don't need a real idea to do that. That's fair. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I think it's. Well, how, how mm. many developers are going to actually do that, though? Yeah. That, how is there. Does that run up against sort well, of the, the drive to grow? Right. I think I think an interesting point here as well is that um, the people who really want to be able to sidestep these things and to be able to cause the damage and danger to other other users and other members, they're going to get around these systems anyway. You know, Facebook's account banning system, if it exists, isn't going to be efficient enough that somebody can't create accounts, make use of them, use them to be abusive. I mean, I've, I've seen this. I've seen this happen recently, um, whereby. Some, I won't mention it, but some existing social platform was basically tormented for maybe weeks, possibly more months, uh, by people coming in and being as about as abusive as you could imagine in a social setting. And it's, it's like that uh, mix over, that spillover between the real world and the internet, where on the internet, you can, you can kind of do whatever you want, you can be anonymous, you can say whatever you want. 
you know, South Park have, have covered it quite nicely. Um, but yeah, and then you've got the real world where you're kind of talking to people face to face and you, you, you can't really escape the fact that you have to kind of own up to what you're doing and how you behave. And um, yeah, I just, I, I think it's it's difficult. I think that's my main point here is that when it comes to trying to stop the sort of dangers that these measures are put in place to stop, they don't really work. Because somebody can always sidestep that and somebody can always cause that damage. And they can continue to do it for weeks, even if you, you know, you log IPs and, and you uh, place markers on, on devices. Uh, there's, there's always ways to get around this problem. Computers are, uh, uh, you know, kind of built that way. So let me present this as an option. And uh, hopefully, Facebook folks, I hope you're paying attention because I know at least one of you is watching. Uh, <laughs> The reason, the logic behind doing this makes good sense if you want accountability in a social platform like Horizon Venues, whatever this is. We understand that. That makes sense that you want to have accountability. Forcing the merging of the two accounts forces folks to play nice in this new setup. However, what if you choose not to want to interact with these new apps that are coming out? What if you decide that you don't want to have your account merged and you don't care if you get to do this stuff? Give folks the option to not merge, but then not be able to go into these systems. Give folks the ability to choose instead of forcing something and then they may never use Horizon ever. Uh, does that does that make sense? Is that a viable solution here? That might be what ends up happening with the with sticking with the Oculus account, right? I guess I guess the problem is that, that that's not an option for new people, is it actually? Mm. Um, but everyone else right now, like, can stick with Oculus for the next two years and then lose access to features, which you have to assume uh, Horizon is first and foremost the biggest one of those. Uh, probably the Oculus Store as well, I would imagine, but. Yeah, right. It will likely be required to use Horizon. Like when venues came out, uh, you had to have a Facebook yeah, account link. If you didn't, then you wouldn't be able to use the app at all. Was, was that the, the same for spaces as well? It, it spaces. applied to venues. Uh, I don't know if it applied to spaces. I think so, yes. Yeah, I think I'm it not was, sure yeah. though. Yeah. It was. Um, the, that's an interesting point. I, I think the line between single player and multiplayer is more or less the line where that's drawn and i think it's interesting we've got um we've got you in here he uh we were unable to get uh darshan who's the oh. ceo of big screen um and i think it's interesting here that you've got you know you've got this platform that's entirely single player where people can access their pcs inside vr and do whatever they want on their pc from their VR headset, and you've got this incredibly popular service that provides that. Darshan is out there with similar functionality in some ways, uh, but it's all multiplayer oriented. It's all uh -huh. it's all around this idea of being able to get two people into the same room. And I'm curious, sort of, there's a line there, I think, in how this affects each of you. You've been affected by Facebook's policies in that they wouldn't allow you to put in the Steam VR streaming feature because uh -huh. some people could get sick from it, even though lots of people who love the feature 
find it perfectly great. Right. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, well, it's now a VR streaming feature because you can stream Steam VR and your Oculus Rift games. So yeah. I don't do any uh, preferential treatment. So, mm. but uh, when we talk about Darshan, Darshan has a fairly important sort of thread on Facebook or on Twitter, sorry, uh, on Twitter yesterday where he expressed some of the difficulty he has with Facebook's policies. And that issue is that he's got this service that is more or less selling tickets to movies for $5 a piece. Each person has to pay the $5 to more or less get a ticket to go see a movie in VR with a friend. Um, the problem for Darshan is that he the, the big screen service is taking a loss, more or less going to take a loss on every ticket sold because 30% of the tickets need to go to Facebook. So the studio is taking a large segment of each ticket sold, and then Oculus is taking a large seg segment of each ticket sold, and there's nothing left on the table for big screen to actually make a profit and stay in business. Uh, this, of course, being the, uh, the area that Facebook has. Yeah, here's the... Here's the first tweet in the thread from uh, Darshan at the CEO of Big Screen talking about the issue. Um, this, is, of course, is an area where Facebook can do its own service, use its billions of dollars to make those agreements with the studios, and obviously not have to pay 30%. I don't think, I, I would like to hear from someone at Facebook to, if this is wrong. I don't think the way it's set up, Facebook. Uh, is paying 30% of everything to Apple and Google, even though they're on the app stores. I could be wrong on that. Maybe you know. Uh, oh, that's the, correct. Like Netflix, uh, like you don't have to pay per episode you watch, right? You, mm -hmm. the, the app is free, doesn't cost any. And Netflix doesn't have to pay anything to Apple or Google. Or so it, they have selected, and yeah. same, same with Amazon, they have selected a few companies where they tell them, you can, use, you can have your app and you don't have to pay us anything. But for the rest of us, it's 30% on any so to, any kind of profit you make. To, so to be crystal clear, I mean, I, I wish we had someone from Facebook to say this, but maybe both of you know. If I go into the Oculus app and buy virtual desktop um, on that app, does 30% go to Apple? No. So... So Keeney's saying because it goes to a different device, it doesn't go to Apple, uh, which right. is fascinating sort of way of making the rules set up. All right. So the point here is that this this rule for big screen limits the kind of service he can build. He can build. It limits the kind of service that can exist outside of Facebook's rules. And... I don't know. So I've said a lot here. What do you think of all this, Guy? Is What is the issue here? Is it, what is, How does this matter to you? Well, I think it's an issue with the tech industry in general. It's not just Facebook that takes 30%. It's Apple, it's uh, Steam, it's Google. Although with Google, there are ways around where you can sideload the app. So there are ways around on, on Android. But for apps, uh, for uh, platforms like uh, Oculus, uh, I, 
Apple. Um, there's no way around that. You have to pay the 30%. And I, I think for in-app purchases, I think that's kind of ridiculous. It should be something like 10% maybe. Uh, and just, um, I think Heaney made uh, that tweet where he says, you know, it should be lower and then have protections around to make sure that that apps don't, you know, go around that and just ask them to pay the first time they use it. Because I think 30% is, is, is crazy when essentially you're paying for content and the only cost for the for Facebook or for Apple is the download bandwidth and the infrastructure to download it, which is not worth, you know, 30% of whatever the user pays. So it's a big problem in the tech industry in general. And, you know, they have an antitrust uh, hearings in the, in, in the U.S. right now. I don't think this will get brought up, but I wish. <laughs> mm. Well, it's very recent, isn't it? Because, I mean, the same, the same um, discussion is going on now uh, between Epic and Apple. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are probably watching that to kind of see what happens. And I think it's important here to understand, yeah, as well, that when it comes to uh, DLC content and in-app purchases, the platform really isn't involved at that point. You know, the application itself has worked towards making those sales and maybe the initial uh, promotion and benefit you get from the platform makes sense in terms of them taking 30%. But when it comes to DLCs, at least my, my, my uh, thoughts on it are that they don't have to do anything. They don't have to put any en energy into um, actually acquiring that. So it seems like it's just a, an unlimited anything that goes on that involves us, we, we take we take 30% of, which I, I don't feel like that's fair for any kind of content platform to, to try to extend that. Um, when they already make a considerable amount of money taking 30% of, of um, the content that's kind of first party and, and, and sold. This is, uh, uh, this is an interesting tweet from Tim Sweeney sort of expressing his mm. viewpoint. I, and I want to get into... I, I'm glad you brought up the Apple versus Epic. I'm sorry to interrupt, Kyle. Uh, the, no, go ahead. I'm glad that the percentages are up here for MasterCard and Visa because that kind of underscores some of the, the underlying issues here. Um, because when you think about what Epic wants to be, what it was 10 years ago, what Apple was 15 years ago or 20 years ago compared to what they are today. These companies have, you know, they have partners that they team up with and work on things together with. But those partners are also the competitors always in every, in various unexpected ways. Um, so like Apple uses a certain kind of chip. The chip manufacturer gets to determine the prices unless Apple makes the effort to actually supply, you know, get their supply for their chips from two people. And it's this tricky problem where a company like Facebook, it's it, Mark Zuckerberg has said this multiple times in his earnings calls. The reason he's so invested in VR and the reason he's spent billions of dollars on it is he, he literally uses the word. It's like building up muscles in order to battle against these other companies. A decade ago, Mark Zuckerberg tried to do a Facebook phone, Facebook tried to do a Facebook phone, and it failed miserably, and it was over very quick because they couldn't go deep enough into the OS layer uh, in order to get information that they could sell and make it an interesting product at the end of the day. Like They couldn't do enough interesting services with that phone to make it appealing to people. So... 
a decade later, that's why virtual reality is so interesting to Zuckerberg. And to him and to Facebook, his competitors are Apple, Google, Samsung. It's everyone. It's just a super long list of just everyone out there. And so they're in these rooms having these arguments about how do we beat Samsung? How do we beat Apple? How do we beat Google? And the developers out there, I mean, at the end of all of this, there's all these developers like Guy and like Darshan and all the people that come to SideQuest to put their content on there, who, at the end of the day, Facebook kind of has to look at some of these developers as competitors as well. And one of the things in this thread with Darshan is talking about the way Facebook discusses potential acquisition with some of these people where it's like you know why don't you come here and work with us and you can actually build it for us we'll we'll acquire you uh and then the person says can i have 24 hours to think about it 48 hours you come back and the person's like yeah we'll be acquired and facebook goes you know actually never mind we'll hire all your people instead like that's I I'm not I, I'm kind of exaggerating here, but that's more or less the sense some of these people express about how these conversations go, and it's a, all the thing I want to say is I expressed this on Twitter today is that this move at this moment right now, Facebook, Boz Andrew Bosworth tweeted out last week, uh, last weekend he thinks VR has. Uh, reached a point where the curve is actually starting to increase and adoption is accelerating. So they believe that Quest, more or less, and the quality of the PCVR headsets out there today, we're actually seeing a breakthrough and it's going to start accelerating from out here. And the, 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 the underlying point here is that this move seems to suggest that Facebook is viewing everyone who got them here to this point as beta testers for what comes next the next 10 million people this is the quote from andrew bosworth i think the inflection point was last fall that's obviously when quest was selling in very large numbers uh selling up by christmas um and the pandemic has accelerated it the argument is that if Facebook has 10 million of the Quest 2s, or whatever they're going to call it, readied. Those people who go and buy it aren't going to be the, 10, the, the 5 million people, or 4 million people, 3 million people, however many people who have the current Quest. It's going to be an entirely new group of people, and they need to keep doubling that group each year from here on out and, and really get to that billion-dollar number. But I can't help but get the sense that all of these people, all of these devs and users who have done six years of investment so far alongside Facebook aren't viewed as valuable to this next stage. You know, either come get hired and work with us, take your 30% cut, or get out of my face. Like, that's more or less what Facebook could do when they're talking to people about, you know, how to do this. And I think it's rough. Guy, you've been there for years. Mm. You saw the virtual desktop button added to the Rift platform. Yeah, how did it feel at that, that moment? And, and, and am, I, am I off base here, or is this like, do you have this feeling? 
Yeah, I have this feeling and a lot of developers have it, but unfortunately, it's really hard for us to speak out because, you know, I have to pay the bills. And at the end, it's Facebook who provides that ability for me to develop in that ecosystem. So I have to be very careful as to what I say. So, yes, the virtual desktop implementation of Oculus was exactly how I had it implemented uh, on the PC side. They release exactly the same features. They don't they don't cover all of them, but they have a good chunk of the base of the functionality. Uh, same with venues where they kind of copied what Big Screen did. And so it's really hard for developers to um, be successful when you know that if you are successful, you're probably going to get copied by Oculus and they're going to just, you know, squish you and make your app obsolete. So that's, you know, Oculus itself is my competitor. Uh, Right now, I'm hoping that they won't have a wireless link feature, but I'm thinking they're probably working on it, right? So, and that's the thing is, it's not a fair fight because they blocked the feature from being on the store so it just makes it a lot harder for me to sell that feature because I have to tell developers and explain to them how to sideload and how to do that. Thankfully, Shane here made this a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so so essentially I give them 30% and in return what they do is make it harder for me to be successful. Like that, that makes no sense to me. So, And at the end of the day, they can copy your feature and do it themselves with access to the OS that could potentially make it oh, yeah. better functionality than yours because they've Absolutely. disallowed you access to those same uh, yeah. API tools. Um, I think that's the underlying point there, right? There's it, they, It's a bummer. So I know there's all the people upset out there, all the consumers upset, upset about the Oculus account uh, being forced, you know, Facebook account being forced in place of the Oculus account. But the thing that he is pointing out and the thing that Darshan is pointing out is the thing that people need to keep their eye on, I think, more than the other things. Every cool new feature that comes out from here on out from Facebook could be at the cost of a developer who's lost their income stream. Um, because this is it's like Facebook has uh, built a castle and they get to choose who comes into the castle. Um, and if you don't... Yeah. Um, you could be out of business. You know, the interesting thing to add to that, and actually, Shane, it's you know, directly related to SideQuest. Ian mentioned the castle and who's allowed in and who's allowed out. Yeah. You have a little castle next door mm-hmm. that when people can't get into this one, they go into this one. Uh, how does this decision directly affect your business model? Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. Um, I think the full impact, we don't really know yet, you know, because we don't really know what this is going to do. Um, but, you know, our onboarding is obviously intrinsically linked to the onboarding of the Quest, you know. So if there is a negative impact there, we're, we're pretty much going to feel that too. Um, I like to think that we've burrowed maybe under the wall of the walled garden or, or maybe burrowed through and we've set up camp on the front lawn and, uh, and that's what we're doing. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, essentially, um, 
we've been upfront with Oculus. You know, most recent conversation, I've, I filled them in on what we were doing, all the details of the update and so forth. Um, we've made it clear from the offset that we're not interested in competing with them. You know, we've no plans to try to dip into the pockets of our developers and take any of the any of the game sales revenue that they can generate. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're 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 wanting to embrace this early access layer and being able to try to uh, provide more value to developers from the uh, the the large user base that we have on SideQuest, who are obviously eager to engage with this content. And you know, we we think there's a there's a good amount of value there to create a feedback loop where where people can kind of um, uh, you know give invaluable feedback uh, along with extra additional uh, data and analytics. That helps to create successful content later. So, yeah, we're 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 sort of hoping that um, uh, that we're not going to compete with them to some degree, and that uh, their approach to this, to date at least, anyway, so far, is rather than to open up and pr- provide an open ecosystem for developers to kind of thrive and grow, uh, they, they've you know they've gone the same as, as Sony have done with the PlayStation, where it's essentially a lockdown network. And you only get access to the developer resources, you know, after you after you're under NDA and, and can never never speak about them publicly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, we 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 think we've we've helped a certain number of people be successful. You know, we think that the value that apps like Virtual Desktop brings to people, and I'm an avid user. Um, I use the Steam VR feature all the time. Um, I actually tried to use it to get in here before I tried Link. That was that was my go-to. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I, I want to add that we are we use SideQuest uh, to distribute this app right now. So we every time we do this podcast, we get questions asking us what is this studio, and we're constantly improving it. Keeney out there running this broadcast is the developer of it. It uses Unity, which is a platform in and of itself, and then it uses Oculus avatars, which are the current generation of avatars rolled out by Facebook. And then we have distributed it via SideQuest in order to get the hand tracking version out there for a standalone quest. So I'm completely wireless right now. I do have the VR power battery pack on the back of my head so that I can uh, have no battery question issues with how long I can do this with you guys. But we got this app out to Shane. We, we basically sent it to Shane. Uh, Shane, I think, is, is connected on Link. And then Guy is also connected on Link. We're still working out our bugs, but I, all this is to say that we've found SideQuest incredibly valuable in order to just get this out to people because we couldn't really get into the Quest store with this type of product that we want at this type of moment. We're improving this month by month by month, and we're not ready to have an audience here in VR just yet, but that's clearly something that would be very great to have. Um the reason I wanted to kind of like say all that is that um, tomorrow Facebook would force us to go to the new Facebook avatars. They could attach, they could deprecate these avatars theoretically mm-hmm. and force us to use their new avatars. And they could force those new avatars to only use Facebook ID. Mm-hmm. And so we could force people to only use Facebook ID um, in order to get into the studio. And further, there are people like Anton Hand, who is out there on Twitter every day, the developer of Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades, talking about how much uh, he hates Facebook. Right before I came in here, there was a tweet, you know, using some cuss <laughs> words against Facebook. Um, 
He likes but to do that. I, I want to have a voice like that in a studio like this in order to have a conversation about the really tough issues out there and make sure all the perspectives are represented. But at the same time, I can understand why Anton wouldn't want to don a Facebook avatar. I can understand his position to totally cut Facebook off and not let it touch anything he does, despite the fact that Rift users are some of the biggest segment of people who use SteamVR content. And I think what I, what I want to get at here is, even though Facebook has this castle, they're building out onto the lawn outside. They're building out their, their uh, plot of land that, that's, that's how big they get to set the rules on. And if you go back to Steam versus, you know, Valve versus Facebook, it's been a multi-year battle of just Facebook trying to figure out how do we get Valve to do what we want? How do we force our APIs and our tools onto Steam's platform and make them do what we want? Well, I mean, Facebook owns Beat Saber, which is a top seller on Steam. And it's a very good chance that in the next couple of years, they could own a couple of the top sellers on Steam. And those top sellers could use, you know, require Facebook login. And that's, I, I'm just trying to put this all into perspective here of just how this platform war continues into the next few stages and the types of risks at play for all developers, everyone working in this space, it can all change at the drop of a hat if he decides to change a rule because it serves some larger interest for his larger corporation. So in uh, in the efforts to kind of wrap this up, put a bow on it and conclude this conversation, uh, I, I do want to mention, first of all, a couple people were saying, Shane, congratulations on the new look, side quest. So Thank you. A lot of props in the comments. Very good. Thank you to everyone. Absolutely. Also, there's a lot of people in the comments and elsewhere as well saying that this is all about Facebook staying all your data are belong to us. And it, it really is a legitimate concern, data, privacy, protection. All of those things are valuable to most of us. Now, what can we do to change that or block the ability? I don't know what we can do, uh, but we can discuss this in a public forum. That way folks at Facebook and Oculus can hear what the community and folks like us are saying about it. Uh, let, let's, let's give some final thoughts here on what do you think Facebook will do and how will the community respond? And uh, let, let's start here with Ian and then we'll work our way down. Can we have the devs go first? I want the devs to go first. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Guy, uh, it's all Ian's fault. You have to go first. Now. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, there's not much we can do, sadly, because there's no competition right now uh, for Oculus, at least on the mobile VR side. There's only one headset, uh, one company making it. And um, our hands are tied, uh, you know, as developers, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to continue developing for the Quest. I think it's a great headset and uh, whatever comes next, I will develop for it. So 
as developers, there's not much we can do. Um, as uh, users, I think, you know, you have a choice to choose with your wallet what you do, uh, which, which apps you buy, which games you buy, on which platform you buy them. Uh, the, the, the power is in your hands, really, I think. Quite literally in this situation, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Shane, what are your thoughts? I think that the next six months are going to be extremely interesting. Um, I, I honestly, I'm not sure what the impact of this most recent announcement is is going to be, but I think I think some interesting things are going to happen. You know, I think things like this could be uh, the the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of this could be what drives one of the competitors to kind of come into the space and decide right now is the time. Now is the time mm. you can kind of take advantage of this. I mean, I, I, I'd like to give a bit of a shout out to um, HTC and I think some of the team at, uh, at, at uh, you know, developing the reverb, but they were all over the comment thread uh, when this post went out yesterday. It was, they were kind <laughs> yes. of trolling. It was, it was, it was, they even there was a back and forth between the two of them at one point for quite a while. And um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see how this is going to fold out. I think the next six months, we're potentially going to see new devices, new announcements, um, you know, I think a lot of people um, have been talking about this space and obviously Facebook have shown that there's a lot of value here. Um, you know, the recent Facebook announcement uh, about this new direct link system, you know, having spent a lot of time talking and, and thinking about that, I can't help but see that as a, as a win. You know, looking at how this can simplify workflows for even distributing an app like this. Or, or, you know, potentially allowing people to operate with more diverse payment solutions, whereby it's it's free on Oculus and they and they operate it themselves. I'm, I'm not sure how much of this is going to happen or, or whether it's going to happen, but it's certainly a brighter future uh, than we had before, you know? I mean, as you guys know, just to be able to access these avatars is a luxury that's not afforded to most of the site-loaded apps on, on SideQuest, uh, only mm -hmm. those that are, that are set up through the private release channels. So... I'll, I'll be excited to see what elements of the of the service get exposed, what people can take advantage of, and um, yeah, I, I hope that things continue positively. Um, and yeah, I guess we're, we're just going to see how this all pans out. That's not that's not very specific of an answer, but yeah, I hope that's useful. Hey, that works, man. Uh, Jamie, what are your final thoughts on all this? Yeah, I mean, it, I, it all underscores the need for greater competition. Like these guys have said, I, I do think it adds an interesting layer to the advent of PSVR 2 versus Quest 2 that is going to be the battle, I think, in the next couple of years um, that me and Ian like to argue about. Um, but... I didn't. I, I, Ian Ian made a tweet earlier today, which he might he, he might have already mentioned that, or he uh, he's going to mention now um, that Facebook has seen uh, the however many million people they've got into VR in the past year, uh, past four years as beta testers, and I think that's a really really good way to phrase it. Someone else tweeted about the nature of early adopters in tech versus the mainstream, um, and actually, as we've been talking, I it, it triggered a memory that when Sony introduced the PlayStation 4 uh, and they spoke about how you'd present yourself as a gamer then, they they had very deep Facebook integration just then, just a couple of clicks and you could have your name and a lot of your profile filled out on Facebook and be sharing a lot of your gaming activities on Facebook. And I remember actually, myself included, 
granted it was a very different image for Facebook back then, but myself included, everyone on my friends list did that. And that's a mainstream product. And that's, you know, that happened without anyone really caring or thinking about it. And I do think that's kind of indicative of what's going to happen in the future. You know, we're, we're about to see a new quest that's going to take even more steps towards mainstream accessibility for VR. And those steps it takes with hardware and price and, and, and features and everything like that are going to far outweigh the fact that Facebook wants you to now sign in with a Facebook account. That's good. Yeah, this this is the thread here between Oculus and HTC and HP speaking up. Uh, the ratios there on those tweets is incredible. Just the, the number of people who are commenting and uh, not liking the Oculus tweet versus the number of people who are retweeting the, the HTC Vive tweet. I want to point out that I am not Kyle that Kyle. That's not me. No. <laughs> um, I think I've said most of my final thoughts earlier in this. Uh, I I think I just want to. I've I've reached out to Facebook, Andrew Bosworth at Facebook, uh, and through their PR channels to say, come on this show, let's have a talk about this, without some of the rhetoric, and uh, more or less the response was, uh, not right now. We'll let you know if that changes um and i just kind of want to you know people don't see the behind the scenes how the sausage gets made when it comes to information uh getting out there into the world the the management of perception the way things get massaged uh the, the way messaging gets massaged and i think i just want to say that like when you see zuckerberg do a q a directly on his own facebook feed the questions are not necessarily um fair questions open questions the questions on everyone's mind they may be vetted uh in a very particular way um, if Bosworth is doing a Q&A and he's only doing it on Instagram, that's not the same as coming and talking to a journalist without getting pre-approved questions vetted by a PR department. And again, some of the journalists out there may have different opinions about what, court of, what sort of conversations need to have pre-approved questions. All the time, I'm sending out emails to people just saying, here's my question, can you answer it? Um, that's quite a bit different than sending, uh, only asking the question, like during this whole situation, I put in my article, the exact questions I asked Facebook, I said, are you going to give refunds to people who bought quests because they thought that the Facebook account was optional? Are you going to, um, ensure without a shadow of a doubt that after 2022, Oculus Rifts and Oculus Quest was linked will still work with Steam VR um, with full functionality. Obviously, there's some technical issues out there in the way these platforms interact. So I can understand why Facebook's response wouldn't include all the details and or those assurances in making sure these things three years out are going to work. But my point is that I asked very specific questions 
And I put those questions in our article. And then I put Facebook's entire response in our article. And you can look at my questions relative to the things they actually said. And you can see the gap in information there. You can see that they chose not to directly answer certain things and to answer things very close to what I said. And I think it's just that's my my goal and my team here. We, we work very hard to be honest with our audience about the questions we ask, why we ask them. And if people don't give us direct answers, we show that too. And we try to show that in context. And as we move forward to these next stages, we need to have conversations with Bosworth and Zuckerberg about how these rules are going to change and whether they're going to be fair to developers. And the developers need to have those conversations with these people. And I think it's just we're doing our best to make sure that this stuff is, um, yeah, there's their full, full response. Sideloading apps will still be possible after January 1st, 2023, um, so long as it is done in accordance with our developer policies. Well, their developer policies can change, and three years from now, we don't know what those developer policies are going to look like. Um, and it's just extremely important that we hold them to account. And our audience out there, you can help us hold them to account by demanding that they come on the show, talk to us openly, talk to developers directly, and really answer the, the actual questions on everyone's minds. Yeah, I second that. Also, Good on stuff. hand, uh, that was a great idea. Um, Kyle, if you can arrange a fake book account for Anton, I think that would be highly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10, I would watch that again. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there is uh, all sorts of really fun components to this discussion that we didn't touch on or we touched on briefly. There's a lot of opinions that have been shown through the chat and I've seen in other social media platforms. There are a lot of opinions, and we don't know exactly how Facebook is going to respond to everything said here, everything said everywhere else. Uh, there is a group of people who are against this. There is a group of people who just does don't care. They're fine with it. And then there's a lot of people, I think, that are in a gray area that are asking the question, is this okay or should I be concerned? And that's the big group right now that uh, is going to rely on clarity or communication from Facebook, understanding how this is going to work and the reasons behind it. Then again, we might not get anything else, and it's just a deal-with-it scenario. It is what it is. Uh, wow. Sorry, I said that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we know that we've got all sorts of fun stuff, and the communication and the conversation will continue. Uh, there may be more articles. There may be responses. There may be new news that comes out over the course of the next couple days, couple months, couple years. We don't know. But I want to encourage everyone to maintain continuous usage of UploadVR.com so you can keep track of what's going on because this team is going to maintain the priority of getting that news out to you as fast as we can. As soon as we get it, we give it to you. Uh, I want to say thank you to Shane and Guy for taking the time to come on Thanks, guys. and Thanks discuss so much. all this. Thank it's you very for important. Us. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it's up to us as leaders of the community to 
speak about this. And so they know that there's an open forum. The community knows that there are folks who have opinions and are willing to share it. So thank you to both of you for doing that. Uh, all right. I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, any last final anything that I need? I missed Ian, Jamie. Nope. I'm good. We good. Spe- speak okay. up. Let us know your thoughts. Tips at uploadvr.com is our tip line. And yeah, help help us amplify the questions that need to be asked. Let us know what needs to be asked and what's not being talked about. Absolutely. And if you're floating around looking for fun stuff to do, check out SideQuest, where you can get virtual desktop. It's all wonderful oh, stuff. Return check to Castle Wolfenstein. <laughs> return to Castle Wolfenstein. Hit SideQuest tomorrow. Go kill some Nazis. Oh yeah! Oh wow! <laughs> Actually, yeah, sorry, that note, that's a good um, note to end on. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think so. Yeah, there's there's a few bits of content that are coming out. Uh, there was one I saw earlier. Another one I wanted to mention called Paradiddle. Uh, they've got an existing community. They've been testing that game in alpha for quite a while. Uh, it's a drumming app, which I think is going to um, release on SideQuest soon. So that's another one to keep an eye out for. Cool. Good way to end it. Thank you very much. And I want to thank all of you for watching. We will see you in the future. So long, everyone. Bye.